Talk Zone presents Motivation with a Purpose Radio, the show that highlights the inspirational stories of people from all walks of life. Now, bringing you real inspiration, here are your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome to Talk Zone, the home for motivation with a purpose, every Friday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time, where we attempt to inspire, motivate, and challenge you to live and work with purpose. I'm Rich Hallstrom, and once again, my co-host is Zeke Bambolo, right by my side. We have a great show planned for you today. Stephen Kendrick, co-author of The Love Dare for Parents, is our very special guest. We want to take time right now to remind you about where you can find us on Facebook at MWP Radio AM, on Twitter at MWP Radio Man, and of course, right here on Talk Zone on the Talk Channel. Zeke, what are you looking forward to most in our conversation this morning with Stephen Kendrick? Yes, uh, obviously understanding who Stephen Kendrick and Alex Kendrick are and the work that they have done for uh, marriages, parenting, fatherhood in our culture. And they continue to do. I think we have a phenomenal opportunity to speak with uh, someone with some incredible knowledge and understanding of what we where we are as a culture and is doing something to make an adjustment and a change. So I'm looking forward to hearing his heart and just uh, seeing some insight that he can give us and give our audience as we uh, dive into this conversation. Well, there's no doubt that they have a unique perspective on the culture and the impact that parents can have on their family, on their families and their kids specifically in the generations to come, you know, with movies like Courageous, uh, Facing the Giants and Flywheel. They've all done an amazing job as a team to uh, show what creative talents can do to spread a message of hope and encouragement and love and insightfulness, I think, is the way that I would uh, characterize their work. What do you think about that, Zeke? Well, I'm with you. And indeed, if people don't know what those movies are or haven't seen those movies, I will encourage them strongly. We should encourage them strongly to go and find the movie Courageous. Go and find the movie uh, Fireproof or Facing the Giants. Go and find out who these young men are and what they're doing. And I am, you are going to be impacted in the mighty. Those are very hard moving movies, but they were, they were movies with a very tremendous purpose behind each one of them. And, uh, you are in for a special treat today to listen to Mr. Kendrick and see what, uh, is motivating them to do the great work they're doing. And Zeke, you had a time this uh, week to actually do some of that same similar work with your legacy basketball camps. Tell us about it a little bit. Indeed. Thank you for the opportunity to share that as well. It was a phenomenal week with a bunch of young people, uh, young kids ranging from a, from the grades, uh, entering the third grade up to the eighth grade. But, uh, we certainly designed the, to impact our community. It's a community event, but because of uh, my background in basketball, we have made our, our community event more of an access, uh, a collaboration on a, from a basketball standpoint with families and it was a tremendous success we had a wonderful time we have we i mean our end picture alone with the big smiles and uh we spent time talking about leadership talking about teamwork uh and talking about how we apply those principles that we learned especially from those books uh on our family and also in the context of basketball and make sure that the kids really understood the application of those processes. And some of the answers that we received were tremendous. So it was a great basketball time, a lot of skill development, a lot of work, a lot of new information being transferred to these young people. But it was a life-changing, I hope, opportunity as well for each one of them. And it showed with the smiles and uh, and appreciation I received from parents. So uh, it's just our first one. We'll have many to come. I had a wonderful time. My voice is gone practically because it was a wonderful time of, uh, of rejoicing with these young people. And I look forward to many years of doing it. It's just the beginning. Well, we'll see if we can't get you some vanilla wafers and lemonade during the show so we can get your voice back and uh, see if we can't give you a little bit of a cure that way. But uh, like you said, it seems like this is going to be the first of many basketball camps. i got to ask you, Zeke, uh, 
this would be a personal uh, favor to me, if you want to call it that way, call it that. Uh, any chance that there might be a wheelchair division coming down the uh, pike sometime? We are planning to take it over like a storm. I think you and I will start that process, and I can get you a killer crossover wheelchair or not. We can make <laughs> sure we put together a wheelchair division. So I am on your bandwagon, buddy. That, sound, that sounds like a great thing. Just just don't accept, expect me to have more than a six-inch vertical leap okay i you know i think i can i think i can manage six inches but anything more than that i think we'd be a a little bit uh challenged let's say don't even don't even worry about it what you do and what we will do together it's we'll just roll with it pointing to nope you know you got my point we'll roll with it so there's no need for oh well i guess we have to start off uh, friday morning with a uh a, a good bad joke is always a good way to start off the show. Uh, Zeke, we got one more piece of business. We want to remind our listening audience to help us out with a survey to try to improve and make even better motivation with a purpose. Tell them about it. Indeed, indeed. We have been for the last few weeks uh, conducting a survey to find out how best to enhance the quality of this show, how best to enhance the quality of our guests, beginning with what you're seeing with uh, Stephen Kendrick today, and you hear about more upcoming events that are going to be just as phenomenal. But uh, can you go to our page on TalkZone.com, Motivation of the Purpose page, and please Fill out, like it takes less than two minutes to fill out the survey. Uh, we want to give out some prizes out, uh, a copy of my book, The First Born Son, A Curse, A Gift, or A Calling, as well as some audio uh, content that will be of help to you in saying thank you for your great uh, participation in the survey and helping us to enhance the quality of this show. So with that, we will get on to our interview with Stephen Kendrick, who is now waiting in the wings to be on the show with us today. Alex Kendrick and Stephen Kendrick are brothers, pastors, filmmakers, and authors. Alex and Stephen Kendrick co-wrote the international bestsellers, The Love Dare and The Resolution for Men. They are among the co-founders of Sherwood Pictures and work together to write and produce the hit films Flywheel, Facing the Giants and Fireproof, which we talked about earlier. And the movie Courageous. Kendrick Brothers Productions is expanding their movie productions with renewed focus on encouraging and equipping the next generation of Christian filmmakers. You can check that out at KendrickBrothers.com. Alex and Stephen continue their work to serve on the pastoral staff of Sherwood Baptist Church these days in Albany, Georgia. And with that, we welcome Stephen Kendrick to the Motivation with a Purpose Microphones. Stephen, what inspired you to create the Love Dare for Parents? Uh, my brother Alex and I uh, are both have a lot of kids. <laughs> yeah, we have. He has six kids. I have five, and uh, we are learning every day how to love them better and to pour into their lives. And we realize as fast as they're growing up that it's really important to be communicating love and modeling the right way for them every day. And so. The Love Deer book that we had written in 2007 and 8 um, has been so successful that the number one request we have gotten back from people is, please write one for parents to be able to go through with their kids, a 40-day journey of, uh, of activities for parents and kids. And so we spent a long time working on it, and we're really excited about it coming out. Stephen here. This is this is Zeke, and uh, I want you. Though you just mentioned uh, the success of your project, initial one, uh, the the movie and the book. Um, can you again just give our audience here a, a little bit of insight on what the whole love their idea and project is all about? Can you, I mean, kind of going back to the beginning of what you did with the book and the the the, the, the movie project? Can you kind of give them a little bit of insight, even if they've probably heard of it before? Sure. Yeah, we uh, we were working on a movie, and the movie plot for the movie Fireproof, and uh, we were really praying through that, just asking God to give us some ideas that would really impact people's lives. And he gave us the idea of uh, of The Love Dare, which is a, bo- a 40-day journey, a book that someone can take their spouse through, and it walks through what is unconditional love. And it breaks down 1 Corinthians 13, Love is patient, love is kind, it is not selfish, it is not rude. 
And uh, we take every day and we unpack an aspect of love. And then uh, in these short little three-page chapters uh, for each day, it ends with a dare, uh, a dare to practice that kind of love that day with your spouse. And so here's how, here's how patience works. Uh, we all use that word, but how does patience work? How, how, how can we become a patient person? And then here's a dare to demonstrate patience to your spouse that day. Well, the book came out in, um, the, in the fall of 2008, and it became the fastest book uh, selling in uh, B&H Publishing's history, their 100-year history. It hit number one on New York Times bestseller list, and it's been doing great internationally in 32 countries. It's sold 6 million copies, and uh, people have been talking about how they've learned for the first time what unconditional real love looks like. And uh, we've heard so many great stories about marriages being saved or, uh, or couples taking their marriage to the next level. So it's just really been a fun journey to see people learning how to love one another. Yeah, and Stephen, as you continue that, I, I want you just to, in the same vein, I, I don't think people realize as well the, the magnificent job that you and your brother have done, uh, and your team, obviously, but uh, really emphasizing Christian principles in marriage and love and all these things that you were talking about. So can you echo that a little bit? What motivated you to come to bring this? as successful as you are in multiple projects now from a Christian perspective, and the world really embraces what you're doing? Well, you know, our lives have been totally impacted from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, you know, the message of his life was love. You know, he said the greatest thing you can do is to love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. And I do marriage counseling and premarital counseling with couples, and I've done crisis marriage counseling, and, and I, have an, I have an incredible marriage. And it's because God has been teaching us what real love looks like. And, you know, that word is, is used as much as any other word in the English language. But people really don't understand what love is. There's actually four different types of love in the Greek language uh, that the scriptures were written from. And uh, there's a, a friendship love that people have with people uh, that they're fond of. There is a sexual erotic love that is based on the word eros. But the most important one that we're all longing for is agape love. And that is the unconditional love that we promise at our weddings and that we're all longing for other people to have towards us. And it is unselfish. It is, it's not based upon the attributes or behavior of the person being loved. It's based completely on the person choosing to love. And there's a lot of things about the DNA of agape love that people don't understand. And when they learn how God loves us that way and how he calls us to love others that way, it's really transformational. Uh, it transforms your own heart as you receive his love for you, and it actually affects every area of your life, especially your marriage and your family, because you begin to treat people uh, in loving ways, and it affects how you speak to them, how your attitude around them, what you can put up with, and uh, and so as I was learning those things, it was impacting my marriage. You know, it was in a big way, and our relationship kept getting better. And uh, I've been married for going on 14 years, and I have a romantic, dynamic marriage, but it's not because of anything I've done. You know, it's really because uh, God's been teaching us how to love one another. So it was a privilege to begin to share those things that we were learning in the Love Dare and then now in a love dear for parents. Stephen, tell us personally how you think God transforms us to love one another, because we've really hit on that theme this morning so far. Uh, tell us how you see that process uh, continue in all of us on a day-to-day -day basis and how the love dare can help with that process. Well, the love dare first begins by describing what love is, and it, it challenges people to take on 40 days of learning how to be a loving person. And uh, we, we talk about the difference between following your heart and leading your heart. And, um, you know, the world 
constantly tells you to follow your heart. And a lot of times people will, uh, they'll say, I've fallen in love with you, let's get married. And then later on they say, I've fallen out of love with you, let's get divorced. You know, and, uh, or they'll say, I gotta leave my wife and go run off with my soulmate who happens to be my attractor secretary. I'm just following my heart, you know. Well, your heart is fickle and it changes and it can be very selfish and it can be, you can deceive yourself as to what you think you need. And uh, our hearts will tend to chase whatever is attractive or whatever we like at the moment. And so we talk in the Love Deer about leading your heart. Uh, Jesus talked about uh, setting your heart on things. And he said, wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That whatever you invest in, you pour in, you sacrifice for, whatever you pray for, those kind of things tend to pull your heart. Your heart will follow your investment. Well, in the book of Proverbs, Solomon said you need to guard your heart uh, and be careful what you set your heart upon. Um, and and there's other passages that talked about directing your heart. And so uh, it is so important that we learn to reset our hearts back on those that we've committed ourselves to. And so we unpack that in the love dare. But the important thing that we try to show people is the the scriptures communicate that you actually can't love someone unconditionally without God's help, that he is the source of true love. He is, uh, that embodies his identity. It says in first John that God is love. And Jesus was the greatest demonstration of love by how he lived so unselfishly laying down his life, not only for our sins, but also uh, meeting the needs of those who are around him. He fed the hungry, he taught the ignorant, he healed the sick. and uh, But he challenges us and, and models for us how to love other people. And this is what Jesus said. In John fifteen nine. he said, As the Father loves me, so have I loved you. Now you go and rest and abide in the love that I have for you. But he's showing that we need to become conduits or channels of God's love. And that's actually the secret, is that when a husband quits trying to manufacture feelings out of his own heart, which are constantly changing, and he begins to say, God, you know my wife better than I do. You created her, and you understand marriage better than I do, and you understand love better than I do. Will you make me a loving person, and will you love her through me with your love? And... That and it goes a whole lot deeper than that, but in a nutshell, that is one of the secrets to becoming a loving person is the the love of God, the agape love of God, which is that unconditional, unselfish, unstoppable love that we want to have and we want to have in our relationships. That agape love comes through learning how to walk with the Lord. And it says in Romans 5 that his Holy Spirit will pour out agape love into our hearts. And he enables us to then begin to love other people around us with a love beyond our own ability. I know that sounds uh, spiritual and far-fetched or whatever, but it is the reality of how God operates. And he's calling us to operate in loving relationships. Stephen, that's great. And with all that in mind, I want to bring up this next question. What is your favorite day in the new Love Dare for Parents project? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's a good question. I'd have to thumb through it, you know, and uh, and, and pick one. Um, so I'll, I'll give you a few that, that have meant a lot to me, you know, at working on the book and also thinking about my own kids. Um, one of them is this whole concept of how love blooms people that, uh, the apostle Paul says we need to be rooted and grounded in love as if it's a soil that we're planted in. And I have seen that when people get in a loving relationship and they know that they're loved and they receive that love, that it blooms them. There, they, there's a greater security. There's a joy. There's a happiness that comes in their lives. And I've seen that with our own kids, that they have been blooming in our relationship. I've seen that with my wife, that as, as the Lord has been loving her through me, that her whole personality, the radiance in her eyes, the, the joyfulness of every day is bloomed from being in a committed, loving relationship. And so that's what God wants. 
for us. It says in Ephesians 5 that Jesus is sanctifying, purifying the bride of Christ, the church, with his love, and that he's making her beautiful and spotless and holy. And and, uh, and I've seen that in marriages. Uh, We've got women in our church who used to come in and they just look worn out, beat up, you know, uh, downcast. You know, no amount of makeup can cover up a bitter, angry heart. And uh, but when we would see their husbands begin to step up and walk in love, we would see them show up and there'd just be this lower stress radiance, you know, that would be in their eyes, in the lives that had not been there before. Well, I've seen that with kids. I've seen that with our kids. And so when parents learn that their kids will bloom when they're planted in the environment of their love, uh, it's inspiring. It's exciting. Uh, My wife and I just adopted a baby girl from China. And uh, we've already been seeing her blooming in our home as we've been loving on her. Stephen, Zeke here again. And uh, I wanted to continue on this path of talking about, obviously, the Love Dare project here as it, as it pertains to the Love Dare for Parents, your new project. But I want us to, I want you to first stare us on, down this road of we have a culture that has done a very terrific job in so many ways, not so not so positive in a lot of cases, but we have redefined so many words, including what you mentioned earlier about love, in that especially when it comes to love, which requires a bit of discipline or accountability and so forth, then you must not love me if you're going to ask me to do things that I don't want to do, that makes me feel bad or uncomfortable or challenge, challenge me to do certain things, even if they're the right things to do. So... The question to begin with, especially as we talk about parenting and so forth, and love there for parents is, how have you come across the definition of love being challenged from a societal standpoint in this project of teaching love that is agape, that in, in essence it's God's love, yet and still is the most refinery, refreshing love, even when it's challenging us? Well, as people discover what real love is, love gives people and says to people what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. You know, if I love my kids, uh, I'm, I'm going to feed them vegetables. I'm not going to give them cotton candy to every meal. Well, they may want cotton candy to every meal and may beg for, you know, ice cream in, instead of a salad, but that's not what I, I'm going to give them because I love them. You know, I discipline my children not because I hate them, but because I love them. You know, it says in the book of Proverbs that it a parent who doesn't discipline their child hates their children in a lot of ways because um, children need to be directed in life. They need to be warned. You know, a three-year-old needs to be warned, don't run out in the street where there's traffic coming by. And I may spank my three-year-old if he does that, not because I want to hurt him in any way, but because I, I love him so much. I want to protect him. And so when parents learn that love will rebuke and love will discipline and love will warn and love will set boundaries and those kind of things, then it changes uh, how we parent and it makes us better parents. It makes us more effective parents, but it's so important that we communicate love as we're doing those to our kids and around our kids that we are teaching them the reason I'm saying no to you, that you can't go out with this guy who's a jerk and on drugs is because I love you, you know, and the reason that I'm putting a boundary on you that you don't need to be out past, you know, midnight, and and the reason I'm not letting you uh, do certain things that you're wanting to do is because of my deep love for you, because love protects, it it says in 1 Corinthians, it always protects, it always hopes, it always endures, it never fails. And so um, if I love my brother, and he's on drugs, I'm going to try to intervene and help him. I'm not going to give him money to go buy more drugs, you know. And so um, when we get it into our minds that love will speak the truth, and sometimes the truth is painful, but I would rather a doctor be honest with me and say, you've got cancer and you need surgery, rather than just pat me on the back and say, you know, smile and be happy and don't worry and, and not tell me about a problem that I need to deal with in my life. Stephen, uh, in, in addition to that, as you are obviously talking about this uh, love there for parents, and parents are taking on this role of uh, obviously guiding their children through love in, in, your, in your, uh, your material, I'm pretty sure. How often are we talking about the fact that kids are naturally so 
absorbed. And so how can parents really guide them to care for others in the process of, do you, do you tackle that in the love there for parents? Yes, we do. We talk about how love is not selfish. And um, the, the first thing is parents, <clears throat> parents have to model the way with everything that we do. And a lot of times we make very selfish decisions as parents at the expense of our kids. And uh, as a result of it, we're, we're modeling the way for our kids to continue being selfish. And so there's a few things that parents can do to help their kids not be selfish. Um, one of them is be open to having more than one kid. You know, there's nothing like having siblings to, to realize the world does not orbit around you, you know. And so uh, I've got five kids. Uh, my brother Alex has six kids. That seems like a lot in America. It's actually not a lot compared to American history or scripture or other cultures, but um, but all of our kids are loved, welcome members of our families, but they know they're not the center of the universe. Uh, the second thing is we do discipline our children, and uh, discipline can take on the form of, you know, removing a privilege. It can be a rebuke. It could be um, taking away uh, something that they want. It could be grounding them. It could be spanking them appropriately in a in a in a loving uh, a way, uh, and so, but discipline reminds children uh, that, that not everything they do is right, and uh, <clears throat> and that they can be wrong in situations. In my situation with my family, I've seen that my kids, the more they learn about God, uh, the more uh, respectful they have become towards life and towards other people and towards their parents, uh, because they realize that that they're a part of a bigger plan. And uh, and so in the Love Dare for Parents, we try to deal with helping kids not be self-centered and uh, helping them to learn to uh, receive the love their parents have for them, uh, but also see their lives from a bigger perspective. More with Stephen Kendrick on this edition of Motivation with a Purpose after this timeout. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose Radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose Radio. Our guest today is Stephen Kendrick, co-author of The Love Dare for Parents. Stephen, is it natural for siblings to fight? I think so. <laughs> I mean, my all of my kids, with my five kids, pretty much all of them have have fought with every other one of them. You know, my brother and I grew up in a great loving home and we fought. And, uh, so I think so, you know, Cain and Abel, you know, fought and Cain killed Abel, (laughs) you know? So I, I think that, uh, that's, that's part of the lessons of life is, uh, learning that the universe does not revolve around you, but also that the beautiful thing about it is, uh, when you work through things together, you know, I, I now work at a company with both of my brothers and we are very close friends. We trust one another. We love one another, but we had to go through the, the head butting and the iron sharpens iron seasons of our lives early on. And it actually made us better as a result of it. Steven, uh, I, I think you, you might agree with me on this. It's, it, it's, it's too often that people, especially when that question was just asked, is it natural for siblings to fight? Don't parents, uh, especially I am a parent as you are, don't parents, don't we have a great opportunity to teach and educate, you know, and, and, and really step in here. When we see that as a negative situation when our kids are fighting, what a great opportunity to teach and educate and love them and make sure they understand the dynamics of human nature, isn't it? Absolutely. When when they learn that it is out of their own selfishness of their hearts that caused them to want to take things away from their siblings and 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 not want to share themselves and you know it is a great opportunity for them to to see that that they're not perfect and they need help and they need God's help and they need a heart transformation uh, as well through a relationship with God and so um, the other thing is. We get to teach our kids conflict resolution. We get to teach them social skills. We get to teach them um, how to work through issues and think through issues. They learn issues of justice, you know, what is appropriate punishment in a situation and what is not, you know, what is too severe, what is too lenient. 
if you break your brother's toy, you know, what, what, what do you need to do in that situation? You know, and how do you pay back things? You know, how do you show respect for other people's property? There's a lot of incredible daily lessons that can come out of us just responding to what our kids are, are going through in their competition and their disputes with one another. Stephen, you know, I, I echo that, and I, I do myself um, a, a, a lot of times seminars on multi-generational family legacy. And, what, what, again, as you just described, uh, what great opportunity for us to really teach our children. Uh, in the same token, though, the question then, as we continue that discussion about children, is uh, how do we really help, especially through your project, if so, how do we really help siblings love one another? Well, I think modeling it first from parent to child is important, and uh, teaching kids what love is and what is not um, is important. You know, one of the things we try to do in the Love Different Parents is not just model the way for kids, but be talking to them the entire time, explaining to them what you're doing. You know, here's here's how I'm showing love to you, and here's how you can show love to your siblings that are around you. Um, you know, we, as parents, we can't place our hands inside the hearts of our kids and turn them in the direction that we want. Uh, one of the things we can do, though, is pray strategically for them. In the Love Differ Parents, we give parents a guide for how to pray effectively, because a lot of people don't know how to pray and get any kind of results from it. So we walk through, here's how you can pray effectively. Here's things that Hinder your prayers from being effective, and here's things that Scripture says that help your prayers to be more effective. And secondly, we give them a guide on here's how you pray for your kids. And so my wife and I pray pray very specifically for each of our children. We have different prayers that we will pray depending upon what child we're praying for, based upon their age, their needs, their opportunities, the the issues that they're going through, their, their own weaknesses and their own strengths. And so... Praying that your children learn how to love one another uh, is very important. In fact, that's one of the best prayers that parents can pray for them. Stephen, do we learn anything new about kids from the Love Dare for Parents project? I know I did. Um, working through the project, learning uh, more, studying more about storge love and uh, parental love for kids. Uh, because that's a little bit different from agape love. And so um, studying what the word cherish means, because we use the word cherish in our culture, but it actually comes from a mother's love for her infant. It's the mm-hmm. picture there of us going through stress and coldness in life like an infant child, and a mother comes in, picks up this cold infant, and will nurse it, nourish it, caress it, love it, hold it close to uh, close to herself, and that's what the word cherish means. And it's what God calls husbands to do for their wives, and it's what we need to be doing for our children. You know, even as a teenager, our kids will go through cold seasons of life, and uh, they're, they're going to go through struggles. They're going to go through battles. And it is our opportunity to step in and and warm their hearts, in a sense, and wrap our arms in, around them and, uh, and, and encourage and comfort them and let them know that even in the hardest stresses of life, that we're going to be there for them, and God's going to be there for them. Any love, dare for parents, success stories, Stephen, that you'd like to pass along so far to us? Well, um, the people who have read it, and it just released earlier this month, but the people who've read it, uh, we've been hearing really good results from it. If you go to Amazon and just read some of the reviews that people have said, they said that, you know, this, this book has really opened their eyes uh, to new things about parenting because we try to parallel in the book biblical principles of love on one side and then parenting principles on the other side. You know, what do parents need to be doing? What are they called to do for their children? Uh, what does Scripture say that parents need to be doing for their kids? What are lessons and principles that we need to be teaching our kids as they're growing? Uh, what does the book of Proverbs, you know, tell us about how parents need to be advising their children? Because a large percentage of the book of Proverbs is, a, is a, the advice from a father to a son. And so we, we try to include a lot of that in the book so that as parents go through the journey, they're going to be having fun uh, with their kids. 
And every day, again, every each day is only three pages long. And so every day they're they're able to get through reading something new in about five minutes, and then they're given a dare to go to go practice or model with their kids. And so um, I, we've heard people say that they learned a ton from the book because it's a really holistic approach to parenting and to love. Stephen, um, I you we are talking here about parenting. The arguably the most difficult occupation one could ever have in this world, uh, especially in our society in America, too, where we are seeing more and more of. We talked a little bit earlier about the lack of understanding of good conflict resolution amongst people, even now adults, because we have lost focus on how to uh, teach our children to behave well. I mean, we have things where people are going to the White House and they are using obscene signs in front of presidential portraits and stuff like that. And people just really don't know how to express themselves in a very respectful way, even if I disagree with you. So as we talk about the love different parents, this is the most difficult occupation ever the world has seen. What do you think socially your impact, I mean, what do you desire your impact to be socially when it comes to that whole aspect and teaching parents in this, in this, in this whole uh, project? Well, every person on the face of the earth shares in common that they had parents, uh, whether they knew them or not, uh, whether they were close to them or not. And the way God has created it, parents are supposed to be the primary and first influences in a child's life, introducing that child to who they are, uh, to, uh, to truth, to what love is, and introducing that child with uh, what life is about and what God is about. And uh, one of the things that you see in uh, Luke chapter 2 is that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And so he grew uh, mentally, he grew physically, he grew spiritually, and he grew socially. And it is in the terms of him being around his parents. And so um, that is what parents need to be doing for their kids, is we're helping our kids to grow physically, spiritually, mentally, and socially. We're helping them become strong in all of those areas of their lives. And so that plays out in the future, though, with how they behave. It plays out with their mentality towards success. Um, it plays out with their understanding of who they are and their purpose in life. And so when you see misbehavior in culture, you know, everybody's responsible for their own decisions and their own behavior. But parents have a huge influence in their kids' lives. And there can be good parents who have kids that still are foolish and they rebel against what their parents say. But consistently, you see that parents have a major impact and influence on the way that people think. And when I see adults, I mean, you hear about guys in prison. You know, it's, a, it's like 80% of guys that are in prison grew up in homes without their dads, uh, you know, being involved in their lives. That a large percentage of teenagers, the physical ailments that they have are related to stress, and they're related specifically to having a dysfunctional relationship with their parents. You know, the school shootings that have happened over the last 15 years, almost 100% of them came from middle-class homes, white kids who had dysfunctional relationships with their parents. And you see back, there's so much research on this. John Hopkins University has done research on this. There's so much that shows that we are wired, even from birth, we're wired for relationships. And if we don't have a good relationship with our parents and parents don't do a good job instilling love and truth and discipline in their kids' lives, the kids grow up not knowing who they are, not knowing what right and wrong is, not knowing how to handle stress, and that it usually pans out in a lot of negative behaviors in their in their adulthood. So... I believe that the love dare for parents is a major upstream effort. You know, we're trying to go back to that central introductory relationship. And if we can get that right and we can help parents to get that right, I believe 10, 20, 30 years down the road, there's going to be a whole lot of fruit of it. There'll be a lot less people in prison and a whole lot more people being responsible and living productive lives. Stephen, as we wrap up our time today on the show, what is one thing that parents out there listening to today's show can take away from our conversation today and begin to do what you're talking about today on the show? Give them one thing that they can take away from today's show 
and implement today to get on that path you were just talking about? I meet so many adults who say that their parents never really communicated love very well to them. I meet a lot of men who say, my dad never told me he loved me. Uh, I meet people who say, you know, my, my parents, I didn't have a good relationship with my parents. It does not mean that their parents did not provide for them or did not discipline them or, or the, that they were not home or whatever, but ultimately they weren't very close. They did not have a heart-to-heart close relationship with their parents. The last verse in the Old Testament says this, that God wants to turn the hearts of parents back to their children, the hearts of fathers back to their children, and children back to their fathers. It is important that parents realize that their hearts, having your children's hearts, is the heart of parenting. And that if you can have their hearts, you can win their ear. They're more likely to listen to what you say. They're more likely to support your decisions, even if they disagree with it. They're more likely to receive your discipline, you know, if you have their hearts. And so I tell parents, ask yourself, do I have the heart of my son or daughter? Do they want to spend time with me? Are they angry with me? Do they listen to me? Are they close to me? Do they trust me? Do they feel safe around me? Those are fundamental issues. If you can start trying to romance and win the heart of your child or win back the heart of your child, you will position yourself to better influence them as an effective parent for the rest of their lives. And that's what we try to talk about in the Love Dare for Parents. Let's win their hearts, win their ears, and then speak truth into them to set them up for long-term success. Stephen, very quickly, where do we get the book? The Love Dare for Parents is available wherever books are sold. You can go to a Christian bookstore. You can go to Walmart, Amazon, uh, wherever you buy books. It should be there. Thank you very much, Stephen. We enjoyed having you on Motivation with a Purpose today. Thank you so much, guys, for what you're doing. Author Stephen Kendrick has been our special guest, back with more Motivation with a Purpose after this time out. It's time for more Motivation with a Purpose radio on TalkZone.com. Now, back to your hosts, Rich Hallstrom and Zeke Bambolo. Welcome back to Motivation with a Purpose and a very inspiring story and conversation today with Stephen Kendrick, co-author of the project, The Love Dare for Parents. Zeke, I'm really fired up after that interview and conversation with Stephen Kendrick. Not hard to be, my friend. I'm with you. Not hard to be just because of the nature of where we are right now. I, for example, was asked to write recently an article that I've been working on um, on the topic of fatherlessness in the culture and what the Kendrick brothers and their uh, entity is doing is so critical, as he said at the end of that interview, to the future when it talks about incarceration. And if we can limit those areas, just imagine we have, if we have 80% or so of the people incarcerated are from single parent homes, especially fatherless homes, what impact can we make on our culture? If, I mean, people ought to stop and think about it. 75% of our teenage pregnancies are from single parent homes, really. What impact can we make if the love there for parents really gets to the core and the heart of these young families that are now beginning to raise their children and give them a whole new outlook on life? We can change this culture tremendously, and it is very possible. So it's just, this is incredible. Well, it's obvious, Zeke, from our conversation with Stephen Kendrick, that change can happen. And I want to give you a number that I think will be very, very interesting to all of the parents and grandparents and families out there listening to this edition of Motivation with a Purpose. If you don't think that you have an influence on your kids and your grandkids and the kids in the neighborhood, think about this for a moment. From the time that a child is born until they reach reach age 18, that is 6,575 days. Now, we should not be telling ourselves that we don't have enough time, that we don't have enough opportunity 
to influence our children for the next generation with 6,575 days. That's the actual number that you have between the time that your children are born and they reach age 18. So there is time there. You do have the opportunity. Now it's up to us to use it. Hmm. Incredible. That's, uh, you know, sometimes we need to hear those comments, those numbers, because it is noteworthy when you think about it. And that's just till age 18. Nobody says those kids will not be back to have those conversations as adults. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Can we talk about something? And I mean, that's just a tremendous opportunity. And we so easily give up, raise our hands in, in, in uh, surrender that we can do no more. That is a sad picture. That is a very important point that you raised, Zeke, about the fact that once you're a parent, you're always a parent in some uh, capacity. Because even though the relationship may change, that relationship, and Stephen Kendrick talk, talked about that, that relationship will change, but it will always be there. Because we all have parents, so we will all have a point of view or an attitude or an idea about what our parents did or didn't do. And we need to figure out, do we know what agape love really is? That's, I think, one of the biggest questions that we get out of today's show. And are you willing to give up your own definition of love for the right definition of love? Because Christ said, and you will back me up on this, Zeke, that there is no greater love than for you to lay down your life for your friends. So if we take that picture and make the ultimate sacrifice, what a much better world this would be. There's no question about that. So I think those are some of the greatest points out of this interview conversation with Stephen Kendrick today. And love is patient, love is kind, and that's what makes love disciplined. Your thoughts, my friend. Well, I, you know, again, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. I think as you were speaking to us, especially in the beginning of that last comment, that uh, the whole thing that I love to herald so well and so much, excuse me, uh, is the whole talk talk about legacy and uh and my deal and my mission my message my effort everything that we do into including our collaboration on this show rich is to motivate people to realize that you have a great opportunity you have a great opportunity to set in motion you have a great opportunity to set something now that has a massive uh capability to leave a great track record for your family by the, I mean, the love there for parents is just another piece in the whole pie of forming a great legacy that you can pass on to your children and that you will have, whether it is the young toddler right now, the teenager that you have in your home or the adult, young adult that has left the home. But if you've done a tremendous job of setting up that legacy and making sure that it's uh, transferable because you've set up an identity, a stream of identity and vision, those kind of uh, items within your home, it is amazing that uh, we do not have to have these kind of conversations like we're having today. Uh, uh, I mean, in, in other words, from a critical standpoint. It will always be a necessity to have these kind of parent talk parental conversations. But the critical nature in which we have it have in our culture nowadays will not be necessary because we can remove a lot of unnecessary pain currently existing in families out there. So that's just why we're here. Why are we motivated to be here every Friday and have a conversation with you know now in this case Stephen Kendrick and Alex Kendrick and what's going on with that project and a remarkable opportunity to impact our culture. The book is The Love Dare for Parents. You can reach out to Alex Kendrick and Stephen Kendrick at their brand new website, KendrickBrothers.com. Once again, the book is The Love Dare for Parents, and it also has a online parenting survey or uh, kind of a, a tool where you can take an inventory of your parenting skills, and that is free 
uh, once you uh, grab a hold of a copy of the brand new book, The Love Dare for Parents, Zeke, we got a couple of great things to tell our audience in relation to the show in our final moments. One of our former guests, uh, the guys from Rape for Profit, Eric Esau and Jason Pamer, uh, the movie Rape for Profit, the movie documentary, is on iTunes right now. And it sits in spot number 49 on the iTunes uh, poll as far as the most popular movies and documentaries of all uh, genres on iTunes. So congratulations to Eric Esau and Jason Pamer. Just remember, you heard their story about Rape for Profit first right here on Motivation with a Purpose on Talk Zone. We also want to remind people that in two weeks, we're going to have a college football show, and our good buddy Brock Heward, former Washington Husky quarterback and former Seahawks backup quarterback, is going to be our analyst on that show. Zeke, we got a couple of moments left for our audience. Tell us once again about the survey and give me your final thoughts. Yeah, before I do that, I want to still encourage people that uh, Rich mentioned a little bit rate for profit and uh Folks, there are a lot of great archive shows that we have done in the past that are existing on TalkZone.com, the Motivation of the Purpose show, that you can go back to and click on and listen to for yourself or share with, with someone else. For example, Rape for a Profit, what is that all about? About the uh, uh, tra- trafficking that goes on in our cities, especially in this case, Seattle, Washington. Uh, and what it is, what it, uh, I mean, the different areas, the different things that are com- 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 collaborating here to cause this great issue in our culture as well. And all those that information is readily available to you here on TalkZone.com, Motivation of the Purpose show, our archive shows. We are trying to do the best we can to bring some very relevant information. And obviously, Rape for Profit is a relevant case as it has now excelled up to uh, number 49 iTunes. And what? It was right as they were pretty much launching that up, that project that we had them here on on our, our motivation of the purpose here on talkzone.com. So we are reaching out there just like we did today with uh, love there for parents. So we want to bring you the best. We want to bring the greatest, most I mean the hottest conversations that impact our culture, but bring you the greatest motivations to take this information and and pass it on to those of yours that are your family that are in need of such information. As Rich mentioned a minute ago, the survey is available on TalkZone.com at our our show page. Please uh, take about less than two minutes to tell us who you are, what you love to hear, how we are doing, and let's give you the best we can. And we want to give you a little something back in in. By, for, to say thanks for doing the survey, survey for us. That will be a copy of my book, The Firstborn Son.com. I mean, The Firstborn Son, a curse, a gift, or a calling. My site is The Firstborn Son.com. And a couple of audio pieces to go along with that as well that will hopefully enhance your life. And, uh, we're giving that, that gift out to number 25, number, uh, 100, I believe a number, uh, a, a thousand. Is it rich? Yeah, number 25, number 250, and number 1,000. Be sure and join us again right here on TalkZone.com for another exciting episode of Motivation with a Purpose next week.